not having church today. So the pastor can be there with his father. Amen. Or praying for the polling. Amen. Know that God is able. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's also good to see the Acostas here with us. Amen. Love you guys. Thankful you're here with us today. Praise God. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 25. We're just going to be, uh, begin in verse number 31. Jesus speaking here says that when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all the nations, and He shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left. And then shall the king say to them on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom that is prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw, or when saw we thee and hungered? And when did we feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? And, or when did we see you sick or in prison and come unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Amen. You can be seated today if you're standing. Praise God. This passage of Scripture which comes to us from the mouth of Jesus says, being the inspiration for many to devote their lives to the service of others. Perhaps no one in recent history has given their life to this more so than a Yugoslavian woman who traveled to the slums of India to serve the men and the women, the young, the old, the sick, the dying, the poor, and the ignored by everyone else. This woman, I'm sure you've heard of her, Mother Teresa, would live nearly her whole life for the service of others. The stories of her compassion could fill many books, but I will just recount one of them, it was on one occasion that it said that she was brought face to face with a man who had this rare and horrendous case of terminal cancer. One of the workers who had been with him had vomited from the stench of this man and what was caused from this cancer. and He could no longer continue helping him. And so Mother Teresa then stepped in. She kindly took over and this patient leaned into her, he was mystified. He said, how is it that you can stand the smell? Mother Teresa replied, it's nothing compared to the, fa- compared to the pain that you must feel. You see, servanthood begins when we move beyond our own comfort to relieve the discomfort of someone else. I want to just talk today about this mission that we all have to serve others. 
Every one of us have been called to serve. This is the mission of the church. This is the mission of you and I that we have not been called to be served, but rather to serve others. You see, we could talk about many. We could talk about Mother Teresa and the things that she did and many others that have devoted their life to the service of others, and I'm thankful for them. Yet, without the example of Jesus Christ, who came into this world as a servant, preaching a message of peace and of love and of service of others, Mother Teresa and none of these others would have ever been inspired to spend their life in the slums helping others. None of countless Others who have changed the world through their acts of servitude would never have been drawn to live such a selfless life, pushing aside their own agenda to help advance the agenda of others had it not been for Jesus Christ. Napoleon Bonaparte, the great military and political leader, had this to say about Jesus. He said, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Alexander the Great, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I, we have all founded empires, but on what did we rest the creation of our genius? It was upon force. But Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. That's out of the words of this military leader who lived long ago, but made a great impact around the world. And he recognized what Jesus started. And the way that he did it is incomparable to any other person who would ever try to start a kingdom, who would try to start a movement. That Jesus founded his movement. And he founded, it's not just a movement. This is the church. And this is the church of God. This is God coming back in and reestablishing the order that he wanted all along in this world. And that is to come and to serve others and to love others and to show them, come on, that there is one that loves you beyond every fault that you could ever have. There There is one who would forgive your sins even when you feel as if you're unforgivable. There is one who came and he died for your sins so that they could be forgiven forever and you can live for eternity with him. That that, that one who came and did that is Jesus Christ. And he came and he called us to live after his example. Come on, it's Jesus Christ that came as a servant. The greatest man in all of human history is Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone of the apostolic church. He is the turning point for all of human history. He is the one who stands head and shoulders above every other human who has ever walked this earth. Not for his stature, but for the way that he lived his life. The apex of history can easily be defined As the three years when Jesus of Nazareth was walking here on this earth. See, in just three years of ministry, Jesus changed everything. It wasn't just his miracles. It wasn't just his theology. It wasn't just his charisma. It wasn't just 
his radical teaching that flew in the face of the religious men of that day. You know, all of that defined who Jesus was. All of that did. But it was the 12, it was with 12 ordinary men that Jesus chose to disciple more closely. 12 ordinary men who Jesus came and he looked at them and he said, he that believeth on me. This is in John 14. He said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Church, do we, do we understand really what Jesus was saying there? I believe if we really understood what Jesus proclaimed there in that moment, there would be something just reverberating in this room and, 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 and an understanding within us that he said, he that believes on me. He didn't just say, hey, Peter, James, John, I want you to know that you guys are going to do greater things than me. Oh, he said, he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me shall do greater things than what I do. See, what Jesus was establishing in his three years here on earth was not just something that was to be confined to those three years, but it was something that he was establishing that would pass on to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation until there was a church that was worldwide, globally making an impact and establishing the kingdom of God and making a difference in the lives of others. And Jesus speaking to us today said, He that believeth on me shall do greater things than I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he is the son of God? Come on, do you you really believe that he is the spirit that dwells inside of you? That the same thing that that dwelt in him is what dwells in me, in the Holy Spirit when it came and it inhabited itself inside of me? Come on, I have the same spirit, that same spirit that was in him. So when Jesus says that greater things shall you do, what he was saying is that when you saw me lay my hands on somebody and they recovered, then you ought to be able to lay your hands on somebody and they can recover. When you saw me go and, and heal the deaf ears, you, and you saw those deaf ears opened up, you can do the same things that I did. When you saw me touch the blind man and his eyes opened up, the same blind eyes that are in front of you can be opened because greater things than these shall you do. You ought to be praying for the lost and seeing them return to the church if you really believe the words of Jesus. Come on, you believe it? You ought to be praying for sins to be forgiven and witness the true acts of repentance that will take place because of the prayers that you pray, the consistent prayers. God, bring them back to you. God, bring them to a place of repentance. God, bring them back, Lord, into a relationship with you. Come on, greater things than these shall you do. See, when Peter and the other apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost, 
They took these words of Jesus to heart. Next, chapter 3, we see Peter and John walking to the temple to pray. And they met this lame man who was asking for some money there. He didn't, they didn't have any money on them. But they did know that Jesus would have done something in the situation. And since Jesus was no longer with them, they had to look at themselves and say, well, do I believe the words of Jesus or don't I? He said that I have the same spirit and that greater things than these shall ye do. And so they looked at the man who was laying there lame at the gate of the temple and they said, silver and gold have I none. I know what you're asking for, but I don't have that to give you. But I do have Jesus Christ to present to you. Here's what I want to say. So, so often for us, we, we feel like we, we, we understand the call to serve and that we need to serve others. But we look at ourselves and we say, what do I have to give? I don't have much. I don't have, I'm not the most talented. I'm not the, I'm not the richest. I can't, I can't go and just, just give money to everybody who's in need. I can't go and, uh, my, my time is limited and, and I don't have all the time in the world just to go and to help others. But here's what you do have. You have Jesus Christ. You have Jesus Christ. Now, there is, I believe, a, uh, a, a, thing that has happened within the church that uh, we have at times replaced going and truly serving others with just simply saying, I'll pray for you. And that's ne- that was never the intention uh, that, that Jesus had for the church. It was never just for us to, to not physically go and to, to, to change things in our life around so that we can go and to serve others and just simply just tell them and pass it off on, hey, I'll pray for you. But prayer does work. And we do need to pray for others. And when you don't have anything to give, let's pray. When you don't have the time, let's pray. When you don't have the money, let's pray and God will provide. If you come against a situation and there's somebody there and they, and, and you feel the, the, the compelling, God compelling you to go and to help them through a situation, but you find, well, I don't have anything to help them. Let's pray. Let's come together and let's pray right now. You know, we can, especially with social media today, we, we see that all the time. Somebody puts something out there in need and you see the, the long list of people. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And I sure hope that you, when you put that on there, that you take the time that you pray. I truly hope that you do that when, when you say, I'm praying for you, that you, that you at least in that moment stop and say a prayer. It's not just, you know, a couple of things that you're typing in there. But I want to pray because prayer does work. And if I have nothing else to give, I want to give them Jesus Christ. But in the moment, grab their hands. Come on, let's bind together in faith believing that God is able. And let's come in a moment when you're there with them and you find somebody that's in need and you don't have what it takes to, to help them. You don't have the thing that they're looking for. Be like Peter and Jane, Peter and John. When they come to the man, they said, I don't have what you want, but I do have this. I know that Jesus Christ is able. I know he's done it for me before and he could do it for you today. Come on. I know that he's able. Let's come. Let's bind together in prayer and let's believe that God is able and let's just see what he can do right now you know maybe he does and maybe he doesn't but we're still going to give him praise we're going to give him a chance right now we're just going to pray
Come on, you can do that. You can pray with them. But here's, here, here's also what we see them doing as the church. That, that it wasn't just prayer. That book that follows after the Gospels. What's it called? It's the book of Acts. The Acts or the Actions of the Apostles. The Actions of the First Church. It was the actions. They, they didn't just sit back in the prayer rooms. They didn't just sit back and, in, in, in their home and, and just pray for every need that came in. No. They did, uh, they did that. They prayed, but they also went out and they acted upon what God has, had called them to do, which was to affect their world, to serve others. They were called to serve. See, with that, we see the world began to be flipped upside down. That's the culture of that day began to be changed because they would begin to serve others. See, the church, the early church was not the richest among them. It was often the, the majority of them were the ones that uh, uh, did not have uh, many means. But we were thankful that there were some. Within the church that they did have some means. And they would gather in their houses. And they would gather together. And, but it says that when a need would arise. The early church did something. That is a little different perhaps than what we do. It says that they gave everything. They gave all that they had. To help the one in need. They began to serve others. We see the early church and, and not just with their finances, not just with their possessions, but we see them going out and they would serve those around them. This is, this is how the church was built. It was built upon those who would serve others. We see the, the man that uh, the, in the house of Jason, they would gather together in his house and the rulers in that city where... Uh, they, they referred to these Christians. They said that these are those that turned the world upside down. These are the ones, the ones that are meeting at Jason's house. Those are the ones that turned the world upside down. Now, I want to be the one, I want to be known as one that would turn the world upside down. But how is that going to take place unless we get into the world and meet the needs of the world? Do you know the needs of those around you? Do you know what your neighbor need, has need of? When Jesus goes and he, he finds the woman at the well in Samaria, he got to the need. And he addressed the need. He served the need. When they were asked uh, the, the question about who, who is your neighbor who is, uh, they're, they're trying to, to trip Jesus up again with their questions. And, and they asked Jesus, who is your neighbor? Jesus responded with a story about a need. My neighbor is the one that's in need. My neighbor is the one that he, he's fallen down and, and he, he's been beat up. He's been left half dead alongside the road. And he's there and along comes, come on, the religious one that passes by and he ignores the need. That one's not the neighbor. The other one is, is a little bit too busy. The priest is too busy. He can't help them. He's not the neighbor. But the neighbor's the one that addresses the need. The neighbor's the one that comes and says, I see your need. 
and I'm here to serve. He picks him up. He places him on his beast. And he brings him to the inn. He dresses the wounds. He cares for him. He serves him. This is what Jesus has called us to do. What needs does your neighbor have? Who is your neighbor today? Who is the one around you that has some needs and what can you do to serve their needs? I'm getting way off my notes here today, so sorry with any scriptures, any of that. This, we've been called, we've been called with, to meet the needs that are around us. It doesn't matter what they are. Let's just find somebody that has a need and God, and as he draws us to it, let's serve those around us. Let's serve the needs of those around us. See, this conversation uh, begins to happen within the, uh, within the disciples of Jesus. And the disciples, uh, this, is, this is towards the end of the ministry of Jesus, and, and they're, on the road, uh, they're on the road to uh, Capernaum one day, and Mark tells us that his disciples started to dispute among themselves. You know, which of them is, is the greatest? Which, which of us is going to be the leader once Jesus leaves? Jesus has been talking a little bit about how he's going to leave one day. So which of us is the star student? Which of us is the greatest? Jesus had to teach them a lesson. And he didn't do it by tearing them down. He didn't do it by uh, rebuking them in the moment. But instead, when they got to their destination... Jesus comes and he finds them coming into the room where they would go when they were going to eat dinner that night. And Jesus sees them all sit down at the dinner table and he gets up from the table. And he grabs the basin of water that was there by the door. And he grabs the towel and he comes to the first disciple that is there and he begins to wash the feet of that disciple. Now in our culture we don't we don't fully understand uh, you know all of this this isn't something that we do today but then this would have been something that was expected of of a servant that when you would come you're walking around you don't have the kind of uh, footwear that we have today their feet are dirty uh they're they're coming in they're they're Seating arrangement around the table is different from how we would sit. There was a low table where their feet are kind of right there by the food. And so uh, they want to come. And it's, it's something that a, a servant would do when you would come into the house. And Jesus, teaching them a lesson about who's the greatest, begins to wash their feet. He goes to the disciples and he's, he, he's washing their feet. Mark chapter 9 verse 35, it says that he sat down and he called the twelve and he said, to them, if any of you desire to be first, the same shall be the last of all, the servant all. In another passage, Jesus said, he that is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he shall humble himself. He that humbleth himself shall be exalted. It's not the one that in our eyes is the first But he says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And this is exactly what Jesus puts on display for them as he kneels down and he begins to wash their feet as a servant. 
Jesus is showing them that this is what we are called to. We're not called to exalt ourselves. We're not called to be the one that's in the limelight. We're called to serve. We have a mission to serve. Come on, church. You were made today. You were made for a mission. You were made just to go through life and to come and to let church be part of your life in just one little area that you come to and you set aside a few hours every week to come to church. But you were made to live on mission. And the mission is to go and to make a difference in this world. And we're going to present to them Jesus Christ. And in doing so, there is no greater way to do it than to serve the needs of those around us. And to show them this is the example that Jesus set. To serve others. See, Jesus, he goes and he begins to wash their feet. One disciple to the next. As he's doing this, there's one disciple that he gets up and he says, ah, not me. Peter, thinking that he, you know, he thought he knew what the lesson, the lesson was, and that was that he was supposed to wash Jesus' feet, but Jesus says, no, no, no. If I don't wash your feet, you're not part of me. I'm showing you something today. And in fact, at the end of the day, he says, I want you to go and do likewise. I want you to go. To serve others. What is he telling us? That that we need to wash each other's feet. And we need to kneel down and and take our neighbor's feet and begin to wash them. And, you know, I could, I've I've been part of foot washing services in the past. And it's a, it's a, it's a time of, of, of humbling yourself. But I don't believe that that was the full thing that Jesus was trying to explain that day. It wasn't that you would physically wash your neighbor's feet all the time. It was that you would go and that you would serve others around you. That this king of kings who was born in a lowly manger was once again taking the the role of a lowly servant and one by one he's washing their feet. The master is washing their feet. He was the teacher. He was the son of God, but he stooped down and he washed their feet. Church, can I tell you that if you want to grow in every way to become more and more like Jesus Christ, this is where you had better start. You don't start by coming up to a pulpit and preaching your first sermon. You start. You don't start with a microphone in your hand. You don't start by laying your hands on somebody and seeing them healed. You don't start by teaching a Sunday school class. You start by serving others. You start by finding a need and meeting the need. You start when nobody else is around and it's not about the Praise that's going to be heaped on you. You start on your knees as a lowly servant, serving those around you. This is how you become greater in the kingdom of God. You become greater by picking up a towel in a water basin and washing the feet of your brothers and sisters. You become greater by taking on the role of a servant. You become greater by noticing, hey, this person is my neighbor. They're in need. I'm going to meet that need and I'm going to take care of it. This is what Jesus has called the church to this is the mission to serve see when jesus said if i then your lord and master have washed your feet you also ought to wash one another's feet for i have given you an example that you should do as i have done to you stop jockeying for position 
Stop fighting amongst yourselves. This is what he's telling his disciples. Stop looking out for your own interests and not caring about those who are right beside you. I want you to stoop down low and pick your brother up when he's hurting. I want you to help wipe the dust off of their feet for those who are laboring beside you. I want you to go and to, to meet the needs of others. You see, perhaps, perhaps they came into church today and they walked through some mud in order to get here this week. I'm not talking about physical mud, but well, there's some mud that they've walked through and they're carrying it in here today. And they have a need. And you can meet that need. You can help pray with them. You can help talk to them and be there for them. Well, has anybody ever had a week like Jeremiah when he was thrown into a prison and that prison didn't have cement floors, but it was like a jail cell that it says that he began to sink into the mire. And perhaps you know what it's like to stand in the mire. Maybe there's somebody even this week that stood in the mire and it felt like you were stuck. And you're in there and you look around everywhere and it's like, how am I getting out of this situation? But somehow you made it to church today. And I wish that there was somebody who saw those feet that are still full of that mire. They have mud all over them. And you just wish that somebody would grab a hold of your feet and start cleaning them for you. And to help bring you out of the place where you feel stuck. Well, I'm coming to a close here quickly. There's somebody here today who you felt stuck. You felt like you can't get out of the situation that you're in. And, and I hope that there's somebody around you. Well, I hope there's somebody in this place today that can come and, and, and wrap their arms around you and say, let's, we're in this together. Let's get out of this situation that you're in. Come on, we're going to make it. I'm here with you. I'm going to wipe the dust off your feet. I'm going to be there for you. We're going to pray together. I'm going to check in on you this week. I'm going I'm to see how you're doing. I'm going to make sure that my brother and my sister in Christ isn't going to continue down the path of destruction but we're going to make it to the finish line we're going to make it to the finish line I want to serve those around me see the thing about serving is a lot of times those you serve can't do anything in return for you those you're serving there's nothing that they could ever do to repay you but that's okay because their payment's is coming. The payment is coming. It's not about the payment, but the payment is coming. Jesus Christ has some jewels on a crown that are waiting for you. Come on, you don't have to, you don't serve to get paid here in this world, but you serve to be paid on the other side. Come on, is there somebody here today? In fact, we stand all around this place. I believe that there's two things that stop us from this mission to serve. There's two things that, that get in the way, two roadblocks. And this is what we're going to pray about today as we close this service. These, we're going to pray against these two things. The one thing, the one roadblock that comes in stops us from serving is thinking too highly of ourselves. Or thinking that my time and my entertainment and my uh, serving myself that this is what life is all about that life is all about me, 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 me life is not about me life is not all about your comfort I'm not saying some comforts and some things are wrong but when all, that's, when all our life revolves around we need to look around and say 
I was made for more than this. I was made for more than just myself. I was made for a mission to reach somebody else. I was made for the mission to serve. I was made, God made me to serve others. If he would come and have put himself in the form of a servant to serve others, then who am I to not follow after that example? Let me, and so we're going to pray in, the, in a moment here. We're going to pray against the things that we have and so uh, surrounded ourselves with that have, that have filled up our time, filled up our agenda, filled up everything with just ourselves and just, just, just meeting our own needs. Instead, we're going to pray, God, help me to look beyond myself and to find the needs of others. The second thing is, the second roadblock is, is one that we talked about in the very beginning, which was that you feel like you have nothing to give. You feel like, I, I, don't, I don't have anything right now to offer. How am I going to serve? You have Jesus Christ. And you downplay that. You downplay what it means to present to somebody Jesus you downplay and you don't you don't look at that and as the as the, the crown jewel as the thing that that is, is is what everybody would want jesus is everything silver and gold have i none but such as i have give i thee in the name of jesus christ rise up and walk it's the greatest gift that you could ever give somebody don't downplay the gift of Jesus Christ. Don't downplay serving somebody by giving them the greatest thing that they could ever have. Don't downplay serving somebody by saying, here is what I have to give. And I know that you may not want it right now, but let me just tell you about what he's done for me. Come on, let's, let's, let me tell you that he has turned my life around and that there's nothing greater in this world than this. Let me serve you by giving you the greatest thing that I have. So we're going to pray for these two things here today. We're going to pray against the things that we clutter our lives with. And we're going to, we're going to have a time of repentance and a time of, of decluttering and a time of, of just, just trying to get ourselves into a place where we can see the needs around us. And I don't want to be so, so looking in, in at myself and looking in at just the things that I have that I ignore the needs of others. Lord, help me to see those needs. Help me to stop being so self-centered. God, help me to stop with all these things just, just heaping upon myself. But instead, I want to give to somebody else. Come on, could you pray that prayer right now? Could you pray, Lord Jesus, help me to see you more clearly. God, as I see you more clearly, I realize that there's nothing greater to give than you. Come on, all around this place, you're welcome to come to the altar. If you want to come to an altar, you're welcome wherever you want to, just to find a place to pray. Come on, let's just have this time right now where we can get beyond ourselves and to find, Lord Jesus, there's needs all around me. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, there's somebody right now. Come on, that's moving beyond yourself. Thank you. 